0: The Blast from Our Past Network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another top 10 episode for you. We have another fun music top 10. I really enjoy doing these. These are always uh, great to do. And today we're going to be doing our top 10 cover songs Mm -hmm. before 2005. Why 2005? Well, for a couple reasons. One, uh, Adam, you did not graduate high school until about 2004, right? Yep, that's correct. So I figured that was a good sort of nostalgic benchmarker. Also... There may have been some songs I wanted to include on this list that wouldn't have been included if I had put it before 2000. Uh, and you know what? It's our damn show. So I'm going to do whatever the hell uh, I want. So I, I changed yeah. the arbitrary number to 2005.
1: And honestly, I'm really glad you did because I got a couple <laughs> of mine that came uh, after 2000. So, uh, and I actually, I'm quite certain maybe one in particular that you might have <laughs> made that switch for made my list as well. Okay. I kind of figured,
0: but uh, as a, I, I didn't think you were going to, you know, complain too much about that. No, no. So, interesting, like cover songs, you know, it, it's, people think of cover songs, I think, in a certain way. A lot of people think, sometimes people think negatively about cover songs, but cover songs have been the bread and butter of the music industry for centuries at yeah. this point, or a century at least.
1: Oh yeah, I mean um, everybody's it, been playing other people's music, you know. I mean that's oh, yeah, that's how music spreads.
0: Exactly, you know. I mean if you think and if you think of stuff like country music, most of those people, most of those artists in country music don't write their the songs that they're known for. And if they did, they didn't write them alone. And that's not to say that all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Some of them do write their own stuff, but the vast majority of them don't. Blues. Blues is constantly people playing other people's music. Mm-hmm. Um, bluegrass is pretty much the same, you know. Um, and, yes, people will write their own stuff, but a lot of times you know, they're they're just playing all these other great songs. So kind of for that reason, we specifically left those three genres out, relatively speaking. Yeah, I'll say that. For, you know, kind of for that reason, because if you're playing someone else's song, it is technically a cover, sort of. But uh, in this case... Um, all of the uh, at least all the songs I picked, um, the original was if not it was well known, it can at least be pinpointed to it was released on another album at a yeah. point by another artist.
1: That's a good way to put it, because like yeah, when you talk about the blues, everybody has a version of like Sweet Home Chicago. Everybody yeah. has a version of like Manish Boy. Um and those songs have been, you know, yeah, you can maybe pinpoint and you know, okay, this one was a Muddy Waters or this one was a Robert Johnson. Um, but even then, you know, it's just like some of those songs go back so old, they're so old, and the, like they are so tough to fully pinpoint. And I think that's that's a good way to put it is you can absolutely mm-hmm. pinpoint what album and and who recorded the original. So,
0: I think I'm going to do something that I haven't done in previous uh, top tens uh, for this one. Normally if we talk about somebody who's done a cover of another of a different song, I don't always play the original. Mm-hmm. In this case, I might actually play the original along with uh-huh. the cover.
1: Might be a little yeah, extra long episode, but it'd be fun.
0: Well, my snippets might just be a little bit shorter. okay, cool. So like I might just instead of I usually like maybe try to play like part of a verse and part of a chorus, I might just play the catchy part of each part mm-hmm. of the song. And just so you can kind of hear and I'll probably try to play the same part so you can really yeah. see the uh, the difference a great idea. between the two so um i I did have a relatively hard time with this list um i I knew like my top four or five were pretty instantaneous as to where I that they were gonna be in the top four or five mm-hmm. you know they just kind of danced around a little bit but there are a lot of really good covers out there a lot yeah um and I actually kind of initially ended up with a, a list of about 20 songs that I was willing to look at to putting into the into the top ten, and I, I think, I think I'm okay with my list.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, mine was pretty similar. Like I kind of knew maybe my top four or five pretty easily, but then as that back half that I kind of was was running around a little bit, and I have some. I'm looking at like my um, kind of either honorable mention list or the other stuff, and I'm like, damn, those are amazing songs. Yeah. Um, how did that not make the list? But I, it's just, it's just tough.
0: All right, I didn't really have anything else to add we're just talking about covers yeah. so let's I,
1: go ahead and get into well I was say I, I love covers like I think you do mm-hmm. too I have my own like covers list on my iTunes or you know um where I just I love to to have other people's you know attempts at their music because it's yeah. it is super fun to compare and contrast how one artist does a song and then another does it completely differently.
0: Yeah, do you ever do you ever watch any of the like vocal performance shows like X Factor or The Voice or any of the stuff like that?
1: Uh, I watch um, the Masked Singer, Uh, so that 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 one is enjoyable to me.
0: So the only one of those shows I ever really enjoyed watching is The Voice, and I only ever watched the blind audition part, Mm -hmm. which is when they're kind of like picking their teams. After that, I lose interest in the show completely. So I only ever watch like those first few weeks of the show, and that's it. I don't bother with the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and I do – like, my favorite thing is, like, listening to someone take a popular song and put a twist on it and do it in a different way. The ones who they just play – basically just sing the song as it is, it's like, well, it's good, but, you know, it, I don't – it doesn't interest me. When someone is able to take something and put their little sort of spin on it um, – It really does grab me. Now, sometimes, you know, someone can take a song and sing it in a similar way to the original and maybe elevate it just a little bit or, you know, it sounds so good. You're like, well, you can't really deny that that was so good. But in general, I definitely kind of like hearing new takes if possible.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: All right. Number
1: 10. Uh, Adam, why don't you start us off? I will gladly start us off. Um, and so my number 10 um, is, you talk about, with a good cover, you have to take a song that is you know typically well-known, not always, but typically well-known, and you have to make it your own. And mm-hmm. this band absolutely made this song their own in their own style, which is such a unique style. And they have horns, and they're just a funky kind of strange band named after uh, maybe the, one of the most delicious things on earth. I went with my number 10 is Cake, their version of I Will Survive. At first I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live with side but then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong I grew strong I learned how
0: to get along and so
1: you first I was afraid I was petrified kept thinking I could never live without you by my side but then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me
0: wrong and I grew strong and I learned how That was one of my honorable mentions.
1: Okay. It's a fun... I mean, they they take that song and absolutely... <laughs> they cakeify it like crazy. Yeah. yeah, they do. And that other one is like a disco, just glorious song done by Gloria Gaynor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they released this version in 1996 on their Fashion Nugget album. And it's just so interesting how they turn it to their own. Uh, hit number 28 on the U.S. Modern Rock Charts. Uh, Gloria Gaynor did say that she described this cover as her least favorite version of this song ever, <laughs> and I think she also mentioned that because they say uh, "fuck" in it, you know, right. you should have changed those fucking locks, uh, which she does. She doesn't apparently like foul language, but right. like, yeah, the the cadence that he sings is so unique that yeah. I really enjoy this one
0: because it's it's sort of a cross between like. Actual singing and like sing-songy talking, mm-hmm. so it's sort of uh, it's it's unique. Yeah, you get you can always hear a cake song coming a mile away.
1: <laughs> yes, you can.
0: I mean, everything from everything from the 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 tone of the singer to the tone of the guitar that they typically use, mm. you can definitely hear that, and the the lone trumpet player. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that plays along. It's like. I, where did they? Where did they say? You know what we need? We need a trumpet. <laughs> he, always. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they've had. He's been in the band, so I wonder if like was, was he just a friend who's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I wanted to be in a band. What do you play? Trumpet." Okay. <laughs> he, done. But you, for that reason, you can always pick out a cake song. They're mm-hmm. definitely unique. All right. So my number ten, if this band made your list, I'm almost gonna guarantee it's a different song off of the same album. Okay. Um, but f- for uh, reasons that may or may n- – n- well, I'll just tell you what the reasons are. Uh, this particular one made it um, because, first of all, this was one of my favorite bands when mm-hmm. I was a kid, m- around middle school. Um, and this – and the solo, the guitar solo in this song was the first guitar solo I learned how to play from start to finish.
1: Hmm. It's really cool.
0: Not particularly difficult to play, but it was like – it was one of the first ones I learned how to play, and so I was like – I was excited about it because I could, oh, I can play the solo, you know. Not that I ever had anyone to play the song with, with which to play the solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the band is Nirvana, mm-hmm. and it is off of their uh MTV unplugged album, and it's the song Lake of Fire. Where the bad folks go? Going-
1: That song is not on my list. <laughs> okay. Uh, the song
0: originally um, uh, came out in 1984 off of the Meat Puppets album, Meat Puppets 2, I believe is the name of the album. Okay, uh, the, the version that's on their album is like less than two minutes long, not as good as the Nirvana version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nirvana definitely elevated it uh, with what they were doing. Um, also, the original version is like more a little bit more hardcore. Okay. Uh, with yeah, the and stuff.
1: With meat puppets, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, but I really like uh, I really like what uh, Nirvana
1: did with that one. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's that acoustic, you know, the, the unplugged album, so everything's a little bit more chill. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, yeah. It, they totally changed that style, and it's it works out really well for multiple songs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, but oddly enough, all three they do three meat puppet songs hmm. and on uh, the MTV unplugged album. All three songs come from the Meat Puppets two album. Yeah, interesting. So they did. They they just apparently that's the only album that they played <laughs> that that Kurt knew. Although he had two of the members of the Meat Puppets play with them ah, on that
1: song. That's funny.
0: Anyway, all right. Number
1: nine. Number nine. Um, you know we were simpatico on our l- bottom of of our lists, and you gave all the exact talkings about <laughs> the other song, another good song on that album, but. I did end up going with this Nirvana song, and I went with the one that more people probably consider the best um, yeah. uh, uh, cover from that album. It's mm-hmm. a David Bowie song, which honestly, I don't think I've ever even heard. Maybe I've heard the David Bowie song once, but mm-hmm. when I think of this song, I think of this version from the MTV 1995 Unplugged album, uh, and I went with The Man Who Sold the World.
0: Oh, no. It's a great, it's a great song. It's a great version. Yeah. Um, honestly, I probably like it better than the David Bowie version because the other version yeah. sounds very David Bowie. But mm-hmm. uh, there's something about Man the way that they kind of strip this world. one.
1: <laughs> that was my David Bowie. <laughs> yeah,
0: the way that they kind of strip down this that ver- you know, Nirvana's version of it, I think really works.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's they take it, and you know they acoustically grungeify it a little bit but mm-hmm. really they, there's so much depth and darkness to mm-hmm. the way that they perform it and the way Kirk sings it a uh, Kirk sings it um I just I really appreciate it it hits a, it hits a lot of um you know cover high on cover other people's covers lists and I think yeah. for you know rightfully so it is just a it's a beautiful well done song
0: yeah and I think it speaks volumes that you know Nirvana, you know Nirvana's MTV Unplugged album. The most popular song on that album is not one that was ever on any of their albums. Mm-hmm. It was this cover. Actually, they do a lot of covers mm. on on their MTV Unplugged. I and yeah. I think there was only a, there as far as I could tell, there was only one other song that was ever released, uh, either as a video or as a single. Um, and I think it was their acoustic version of All Apologies. Okay. I would see that from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was Sometimes a I would see "Lake of Fire" as well, but mostly it was "The Man Who Sold the World." In fact, I remember actually getting sick of hearing that song because it was <laughs> on the radio all the time.
1: Yeah, it, it, I agree. It was played quite a bit, but it hit number thirty nine on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. Can't remember if I said that or not. But uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, that's that's a that's popular for like an acoustic cover song. That's that's strong. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, all right.
1: Yes, no, your number my nine. number 9.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my number 9, um I f- uh, up until this morning I had two different songs uh for this guy that I was not sure which one I was going to go with because I liked them both. Um he he covered two different bands who are roughly not in the exact same genre but in similar genres, counter to what he does. And it's possible you might have it higher cuz I think I, I went with probably the more popular one. Uh, and you might have it higher. Uh, I, my number nine is
1: Johnny Cash's. It is higher on my list. Um, I, I do want to okay. bring up since you you don't have the other one, I also put two songs. Um, from his, he has a lot of really good covers. Um, but the oh, other yeah. one that I really love of his was a Soundgarden song. Was that the other one you were debating? Yeah. Yep. Rusty Cage. That was the other one. Such, he does such a good job of that yeah. one. But ultimately, uh, I like Hurt more. And so I, we'll talk about it later. My number eight is I think a lot of people. Well, it's it's not really known as a cover because this version is the version that everybody knows mm-hmm. with this person. But it originally it originated from a um, uh, a song from it was kind of like a a, a, a band like a, a I'm trying to think of the word side project. Um, I don't, side. Thank you. That's exactly what I was fucking up. A side project. By one of the most awesome. Artists High, higher of all on my time. list. I can
0: already tell you what it is. It's higher on my list.
1: Okay, it's a great song. All right, we'll talk about it
0: later. <laughs> I already knew where you were going when you started talking about Side Project. I was like, "Yep, that's a, it's the same song." Yeah, it's higher on my list. Okay. All right. So my number eight. Um I would probably be hard-pressed to say that this version is I don't think it's better than the original. I think the original is is iconic and is classic for a reason. Um I just kind of like the way they this band took this song um and kind of made it into their own where you can hear their voice and you can hear the original voice kind of together in the same way and I think that's because um this band was kind of a they're they're not exactly a, a blend an exact blend of like rock and hip-hop like i would say like maybe nine or not 9, jesus 311 is yeah yeah um but uh i really have always liked this version of stevie wonder song higher ground i went with the red hot chili peppers version of higher ground
1: Okay, yeah, I know the song. I I've never actually enjoyed their version. Oh, really? Um, I, I definitely like the Stevie version, but they def- they make it their own, yes. their style. Absolutely. I mean,
0: gun to my head, I would choose the Stevie version. If I, you know, if you're only if you're only allowed one version of a song, I would pick Stevie's version mm-hmm. because it is the you know classic, iconic one. Um, but I do like what they did with it and and because and they did it sounds like chili peppers yeah it does it sounds like it sounds like you know if if stevie wonder's version had not been so popular you you could have been like oh i totally believe that as a chili pepper song
1: yeah flea I mean, you, you get that flea bass <laughs> so intensely yeah. on higher ground that's a good call i mean i, I absolutely see um how it how it can and would make a lot of people's yeah. lists yeah
0: okay what is your number
1: seven uh, my number seven is um, a solo artist who uh, covered a song from a band that probably people would say is the greatest band of all time. Mm. I don't love their music all that much. I'm talking about the Beatles. Um, my number seven, this guy, he's he, God. He's got just such an interesting voice and definitely an interesting presence when he's on stage. Uh, my number seven is Joe Cocker's with a little help from my friends. I say I'm gonna get high. With my brain. Oh, 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 oh yeah. what would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and warm?
0: just missed my list
1: okay uh he he does it's, it's very interesting actually so his version came out in 1968 um it was a a, de- a, a big change uh, kind of a rearrangement from the mm-hmm. original he puts it in a slower six eight instead of the four four that the Beatles right. had so he completely kind of changes up um the 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 mood of the yes. song but but he also like His emotion when he's singing is so awesome. He definitely, he gives the
0: song more soul.
1: Yes, exactly. He adds so much soul to it. Um, I mean, hell, it was used for one to years, you know, the opening of that. It's just, it's a, it's a really fun, I mean, it's a great version. I mean, hell, I love, you gotta love the, was it the, the John Belushi when he comes out and plays (laughs) (laughs) Joe Cocker. Like Joe Cocker is such a unique, unique individual. Yeah. Um, but this hit number 68 on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, the, the the amount of soul and just Joe Cocker's voice is a much better and more interesting singer than any of the Beatles. Um, and so I, I I appreciate that version significantly better than the very kind of tame, lame version that the Beatles put out.
0: I am not going to agree with you that I think their version is lame. I'm, I'm very much a lover of Beatles music, but uh, okay. I definitely think that... Uh, Joe Cocker makes that song his own, and in a lot of ways better. Okay, so I will I will grant you that. But uh, I I do not have a hate a hatred for the Beatles as apparently you do. I don't I don't hate
1: them. I just I just don't I don't go gaga just, over them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You just don't understand the genius, man. I know, <laughs> man. I've I've listened to what was their last. Not, not, uh, let it be was their last album. Oh, I've listened to like the yellow submarine the one where they're all like on all the fucking drugs. That album <laughs> sucks. That one is I'm weird. I'm sorry. Sucks. That one's yeah. weird.
0: All right. Uh, my number seven, I wonder if this will be on your list at all. Uh, I remember when this song kind of came out. It was, it's actually known for being in a movie, and I didn't see the movie until much, much, much later. Um, but I, they, took this song in a completely different direction, which is what I appreciated about it. Um, and you have that look in your eyes like you know where I'm going and you might be getting ready to say higher, although I'd be a little surprised. So is, I'll just it, go is, it,
1: is it a Coen brother movie?
0: Uh, you know what? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. But uh, So my number seven is the uh, Michael Andrews featuring Gary Jules' version of Mad World by Tears for Fears. All around me are familiar
1: faces Worn out places, worn out faces Bright and early for their daily races Going nowhere, going nowhere Their tears are filling
0: up there. their
1: glasses Made my um, honorable mentions. That okay. was a good song, really good song.
0: Yep, originally released in 1982. Uh, if you've ever listened to the two back to back, which you will if I end up playing both parts, <laughs> yeah. um, they don't sound anything alike. They, they, you know, uh, Michael Andrews really stripped it down for what he was doing with that, and I think made it a much more poignant, somber song.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it talk about making something seem so much. different darker much more emo because it was very famous it was in Do- Donny Darko yeah um that it came out with and it is good yeah it's used very well in that film um it got very I think pretty damn popular because of its use in there mm-hmm. uh, and this is great it is it is a it is haunting the song mm-hmm. they kind of it is a pretty haunting song that's a great way to putting it yeah and it's one it's one of those
0: ones where um you know I was constantly telling people because I kind of remember around the time uh, it came out a little bit long after it came out is when I started like, you know, teaching in, in, you know, not as a licensed teacher, but uh, like as instructors and stuff like that. And constantly like listening to kids, like play it in band rooms and stuff or mm-hmm. sing it. And they're like, Oh yeah, it's, it was written for this. I'm like, no, it's a cover. <laughs> yeah. I'm like what? Yeah. I don't like, I don't know how many times you like,
1: and I like uh, the tears of fears version is good. I like that. Tears, yes. tears of fears version And too. it's very, but they're, they're both, they're, they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number six. What's your number six? So my number six, this is why you kind of probably saw on my face, because my number six for me is famous for being in a movie. Mm. It's a Cohen Brothers movie. You're not as big of a fan of this film as I am. Mm. And so that's why I was going to be surprised if you picked it. Uh, but this is the song that you first see or that you're that you're hearing when you first meet the Jesus in Big Lebowski. Uh, I am talking about the Gypsy King's version of Hotel California. Por el camino del desierto, el viento me despeina. Sueva aroma de colita, numa de del Ari, ella de los lejos, una lucente. Just do-
0: Yeah, did, didn't make my list. wasn't even in consideration.
1: That doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, you're not a, you're not a big Lebowski guy, so this so this song probably didn't hit you mm-hmm. like it hit me. And I've watched that movie so many times, um, but it's a the Gypsy Kings, um, you know, very flamenco style guitar mm-hmm. that kind of leads, and very you know good rhythmic strumming that's happening. You know, along with the guitar. Um, like I said, it's just a very fun Latin take on such a Huge classic rock song. Yeah, that I love the the differences in it, um, and I just I love in my head tying it to um, John Turturro playing Jesus licking a uh, bowling ball, <laughs> being a uh, being a creepy pedo, and <laughs> it's just it's just awesome. That that whole sequence is so well done in The Big Lebowski. Of when you're hearing this song and you're kind of going through the uh the bowling alley and you're seeing Jesus. It's just it's so much fun. The song i I, I have it on my covers list. I love hearing it. I love that Spanish guitar style. Mm-hmm. Um it's real. It's 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 such a Hotel California is a fine song, but honestly I will listen to this version. I will probably sk- I probably skip Hotel California on my uh you know classic rock mix way more than I will ever skip the Gypsy Kings version of Hotel California on my covers list because it's just it's such a such a fun song that I I, I probably like it better than the original.
0: Okay, uh, I can't in good faith agree with you on that one. I would always pick the original <laughs> of that over. Fights? I mean, I love me Fine. I love me some flinko, uh, flamenco style guitar, classical guitar, um, and I love you know their version on health freezes over has mm. kind of shades of that. That okay. it's not they didn't go full Gypsy Kings. Mm-hmm. on it but uh yeah i i would always pick the eagles version but i'm a I, huge I, eagles fan so yeah i
1: mean fair enough
0: so um <laughs> have I ever have I ever told you about my my conflict with the guitarist in my band of, of about between the eagles and the rolling stones no so for the longest time i c- we could not get my guitar player to agreed to play any Eagles songs. He hates the Eagles. <laughs> he, he must be a big Lebowski fan. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> and uh, so we finally got him to... He had one song that he would uh, play. You know, he uh, he was suggesting these other this other song you wanted to play, and I was like, no, I'm not really interested in it. And he goes, why? And I go, you know how you feel about the Eagles? And he goes, yeah. And I go, that's how I feel about the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So... He's like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, there's always the sort of classic, like, Beatles versus um, Stones uh, argument, and I'm always for the Beatles because I find them to be much more intellectual writing. Mm -hmm. But fair enough. Anyway, all right, let's move on before I get into some (laughs) big deal. Yeah, Eagles' greatest
1: hits coming up. there There we go. All right, number six. Number six. Um, this song when he brought it uh to our lives in 1999 was so high energy so hard rocking uh now the classic rock original is really good um but wait a minute hold on yeah did you what we just talked about the gypsy kings what was that
0: number on yours oh
1: that was my number six so yeah and then you talk okay. about your number six and so I'm no number i have five. not i have not talked about my number six <laughs> Oh, you didn't talk. About, we were still. Oh, yeah, we were still talking on Eagles. We were going my on bad. Eagles. Wow. Right. Okay, we were
0: way off. I, I just saw. I saw that. And I was like, wait a minute. You just went twice. What
1: did, What did yeah. I miss? My bad. Well, you talk. You talked for so long that I I just <laughs> it kind of my head was like, okay, he talked his one.
0: You're You're not wrong. I did talk for way okay. too long on that one. Uh, all right. So, speaking of the Beatles, my number six is a Beatles cover. Okay. Um, and it is one of my favorite Beatles covers because it definitely puts it into a new style. Um, and I believe they actually did this – they actually featured this song on a Beatles movie. I cannot remember which one.
1: But okay. you – Oh, one, one, of the, one that the actual Beatles were in? Yes, like I think the so. Day? Okay.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, but you cannot get any funkier – Um, at least, uh, very, you know, aside from, you know, unless you went to, you went as far as parliament, but you can't get much funkier than earth, wind and fires version of got to get you into my life.
1: I'm I i, I do not recognize the song off the top of my head I'll have to listen to it yeah. and check it out but I mean earth wind and fire so funky so so soulful they're so, they're fun man they're yeah. so fun and it this so. is
0: a fun version of that of their song because they're you know they add they're adding their horns in there they're you know they're cool kind of funky rhythms i've I've always been a big fan of this song and actually it wasn't until later that I realized it was actually a Beatles song that they'd covered. I always assumed it was an Earth, Wind, and Fire song because they totally make it their own.
1: Nice. Very cool. So, All right. Now we're on to number five. Now we're (laughs) on to my number five. All right. Well, when this guy covered the song, (laughs) in 1999 it was released, and he brought such high energy and hard rocking sound (laughs) to this great classic rock song. Um, My number five is Lenny Kravitz' American Woman. American Woman Feel it yeah. on me Uh, didn't just didn't make my list. Another one where, you know, uh the the guess who did mm-hmm. the original Canadian band, but I mean it is a great song. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I it's it's for me it's really kind of hard pressed to say which one is the better version mm-hmm. but I do really appreciate the high energy um that Kravitz did with this one. I mean he he came on. This song was everywhere. Oh yeah, I felt like you know in that year it was just huge. It was apparently actually recorded for the Austin Powers, the Spy Who Shagged Me soundtrack.
0: Yep, I remember that.
1: that's that's what it came out with. Um, But it ended up going to number forty nine on the Billboard Hot one hundred. He won a Grammy for Best Male Rock Performance for this song. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it was everywhere, and like just he he really he amped up the energy he adds
0: he adds an element of swagger to that song that i think isn't you know isn't quite in the original which is understandable
1: it's a a good way to put it yeah so i like it. yeah so it's just you know uh the fun i I wouldn't say exactly he doesn't like completely change the style of the song but he hard rocks it up a little bit he cravices cravices (laughs) he cravices yeah there we go he cravices uh and uh yeah, it's just it's just a really strong fun version. Yeah, I totally agree. Cool.
0: Uh all right, uh my number 5, I will admit I did not know was a cover until I started researching this list and as soon as I found out it was a cover, I was like, "Oh, it's going on my list." Mm-hmm. Um I'm not surprised that it's a cover, but it's just I've never heard this song anywhere else. And it's uh it's, it's kind of a novelty song, but the way that the band covers it, to me, doesn't feel like a novelty. Hmm. Uh, and the, the original came out way back in 1953 uh, from a Canadian vocal group called The Four Lads, and the song is Instan- Istanbul, Not Constantinople by They Might Be Giants. Istanbul was Constantinople,
1: now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, been a long time gone.
0: Constantinople, now is church daylight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, the Constantinople. So if you live in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. do so, take me back to Constantinople. Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone, old Constantinople still is Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, not Constantinople.
1: So with you, but they in Constantinople should be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam why they changed it I can't say people just liked it better that way take me back to Constantinople no, you can't back. did honestly I I don't know if it would have made my list but uh, same way I had no clue that that was that is such a they might be giant like that is such <laughs> their I know f- weird style that's awesome yeah
0: so uh, the the original version sounds very 50s but I mean you can definitely hear the song but the you know the they might be giants put their sort of little like you know sort of nerd rock spin on it that that's all anyone ever thinks of yeah is oh, yeah. is that version and i mean it's a great song that whole that album actually is one i got to put on our list of albums to do um mm-hmm. what is the name of that what is that album it's not birdhouse is it
1: I do not know. I, I can probably name multiple singles from it, but I yeah. can't. I can't think of the album.
0: I remember listening to the whole album when I was a teenager. Actually, it was one. Of, yeah. I, I, that album was one of the ones I used to listen to when I was mowing lawns.
1: Okay. okay. So, nice. but
0: uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun song. Who doesn't love that song when it comes on? Who doesn't like singing along with
1: yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. Which I mean, it's similar enough style. We got to make sure we have the presidents of the United States of America on our album list as well. Oh yeah yeah. That's a fun one too. God, if
0: that's not on there, i do not. I don't know what I'm doing with my life because that's a, <laughs> that's an album I go back to pretty frequently.
1: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but they're both kind of like just silly fun bands. But that's cool. I yeah, I'm still kind of shocked at that. There's, I'm gonna have to listen to the old '50s version. Um, but yeah, uh, they might be giants. Great fun band, and sil- the silliness in that song mm-hmm. is just great. So,
0: but what cool. what makes it though is that they sing it so seriously. Yeah. They don't sing it like they're being silly. They sing it like true. they're seriously singing a song. And it's just that yeah. the context of it makes it sort of pseudo silly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very true.
0: Uh, all right. We are, t- we're chugging along pretty good. So let's go, uh, let's go ahead and move up to our number four.
1: All right. Number four. Um, I think probably a lot of people might consider this, th- maybe quote unquote, the best cover of all time. Um, it's a i mean i guess it's now kind of considered a classic rock but the you know kind of more original version is more of like a folk rocky kind of guy um i don't know if this one made your list i wouldn't i'd be surprised i wouldn't be surprised either way Mm -hmm. um but this is like a, a lot of a lot of people consider this one because this is really this guy made it his own and his style was so his own um and i one of the he took one of the greatest you know songwriters of all time and then made this song said screw you my version's 10 times better and it kind of is <laughs> uh, i went with Jimi hendrix all along the watchtower for my number
0: four all the you, while all the women-
1: the view while well, the women came and went barefoot servants too outside in the distance a wild cat did growl two riders were approaching the wind began to howl
0: uh, I didn't, didn't make my list okay
1: I mean, but it's a, damn, it's a good song. It is a good song. Yeah. Um, You know, Hendrix released his version, I think a year after Dylan did his. Mm -hmm. Uh, It hit number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. It's got a, I mean, great guitar solo. Obviously, it's Jimi Hendrix. So Mm -hmm. like, there's just great guitar stuff throughout the entire thing. Um, Even Dylan said, you know, I liked Jimi Hendrix's uh, recording of this. And ever since he's died, I've been playing it, his way a little bit, you know, more than my way. So like Mm -hmm. even, even Dylan recognizes that Hendrix did it better. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. uh, And, and he did like, man, that song is, um, I mean, it's a classic rock staple on anybody's uh, playlists Mm -hmm. and it's very Jimi Hendrix and, and you know, he took it, he made it his own and uh, he killed it.
0: Yeah. Uh, The only reason I didn't make my list was all along the Watchtower has never been my favorite sort of Hendrix song. Okay. Like if I were to rank my top ten, it might be like way towards the bottom. Um, okay. there's a lot of other songs of Henrik's that I really, really love. But I you cannot deny it as a classic song.
1: Yeah. Cool, cool.
0: Uh all right, my number four was one that you talked about earlier, but we didn't say it because I was positive that this is the same <laughs> song. Uh-huh. Uh and that was a cover of the nineteen eighty five song by The Family. Yes. Uh who was fronted by the one and only Prince, and that was Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You.
1: I can eat my dinner Said nothing can take away this blues, cause nothing
0: compares, nothing compares to you, nothing, nothing. Speaking of, you know, talking, when we talked about, um, you know, the mad world, talk about haunting. Yeah. This version
1: is haunting. Mm-hmm. Her voice is just—it's—it's it's gorgeous. It's her voice is penetrating. Yes, in oh, that that's song. A great description. I like that. Yeah. I think the the simplistic but intense visuals of that music video of just her face mm-hmm. also kind of just adds more to the emotion and the impact of of her voice on the uh, just listening to it. I agree. Uh, this song hit number one. Uh, that's probably the highest charting one of any of mine on this album or on this list so it was a it was a huge song for her
0: yeah I, and I know I've mentioned this before um but I was i listened to an interview with the the guy what the guy who was the recording engineer at the mm-hmm. the t- when she recorded this song and she did this in one take
1: oh damn that's impressive she
0: did she did she did the main one in one take she did a, a secondary uh like choral track. Mm-hmm. In another take, and then that was it. So she wow. sang it twice, and like you know, because sometimes they like to double. Yeah. So she did the double, and that was it. Yeah. She just walked in and
1: did it. And then she ripped up a picture of the Pope <laughs> on SNL, and no one really heard from her again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, she I think she was one of the ones who was kind of went. She was kooky to begin with, and
1: just kind of yeah. You know. She was yeah, kind you, of. a
0: uh, oh god what is that what's the, what the iceland uh, bjork she was kind of like oh bjork yeah. in that way she was yeah. i think
1: but yeah, can't can't deny the um just the the beauty of this song
0: yeah uh, all right top three what's your three adam
1: yep uh my three is one that has already been mentioned by you mm. um i think it was down in eight or nine i can't remember which, which slot it was in i think it was nine uh, okay but it's just It's emotional. Yeah. Um, We both appreciate a lot of the other covers this guy did later in his life. um, But this song and just holy fuck the emotion (laughs) on this song is why it's probably it's my favorite. And a lot of people really appreciate his version of Hurt. Mm It's Johnny Cash's Hurt. What have I become? My sweetest friend. Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all
0: won a, it was either a country music award or a grammy posthumously after he died for this song
1: yeah he, he won a the 2004 grammy for best short form music video mm-hmm. um and the music video is very dark and and it's just yeah. it is so good
0: yeah um and a, a you know very famously in interviews trent reznor has said that he was apprehensive um about you know, and he said that you know when Johnny Cash called her, when Rick Rubin called him, and said, "Hey, Johnny Cash wants to do your song." Of course, Trent Reznor was like, "Of course, if you know it's Johnny Cash." Yeah. Johnny Cash is sort of like if you don't like country, you still like Johnny Cash. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> because it, 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 even if you don't particularly like his song, it's his attitude. It's this sort of "f you" attitude to any you know because he and he's kind of in he's he's considered one of the outlaw country guys and they were called outlaws for a reason because they were not part of the sort of mainstay nashville group they liked doing things their own way and they didn't like having to sort of bow down to the sort of i guess nashville elite if you will Mm -hmm. and johnny cash has always had that sort of you know there's that very famous first of all he wears all black that you know that was inherently cool. There's that yeah. very famous picture of him flipping off the camera, yeah. and I <laughs> yeah. think I think even like people in you know in like punk circles and all that stuff appreciate that attitude. So even if they you know didn't even if they didn't listen to the music, they liked the man. Um, yeah. But getting back to Trent Reznor, he was I think he was apprehensive because it, that song is very personal to him. It's about his his heroin addiction, mm-hmm. and I think. He said that he when he listened to it the first time. He thought, "Oh, okay, what's well, a good version?" But when he saw the video with it, it all like clicked with him. Yeah. And it all then he saw you know where Johnny was going with it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, and they those do work really well together. Um, we already mentioned Rusty Cage. I also want to throw out he does a version of um, Depeche Mode's "Personal Jesus" that I like a lot as well. Oh yeah. Um so J- Johnny Cash has some great great covers. Yeah. So.
0: All right, all right, my number 3. Yeah, you're number 3. Okay, my number 3. Um I don't I'll be kind of surprised if this is, is on your list at this point. Um this is a song that um was never as to my knowledge was never really released on an album. Um it was like on a it was on a single B-side and it was it was not actually released on the album that the a-side was on but i used to hear it on the radio all the time and i loved their version and they kind of stick to a similar vibe of the original but i just i just like the way they do it better and it's kind of hard to cover a led zeppelin song and do it almost better and i'm talking about stone temple pilots version of dancing days
1: Dancing days are here again As the summer evenings grow I got my flower, I got my power I got a woman who knows You know it's alright I said it's alright I guess it's all in my heart Oh yeah, not on my list. I, I I need to go back and re-listen to that. It's great because it's like pseudo acoustic. Um, okay.
0: It's you know they use they have acoustic guitar and they and the the drummer is kind of just using like it sounds like congas or something like that. Uh, and then they sort of they also have uh, electric guitar in there, so you can you can hear the the original. But why did I just blank on the lead singer's name?
1: Scott Weiland. Scott
0: Weiland really kind of pours himself into this version of the song. And I've mm. always really loved their version of Dancing Days.
1: Yeah. STP is a band I don't think, honestly, gets enough respect mm-hmm. um, from that era. They get heavily overshadowed by Nirvana uh, and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Um, but they changed their sound quite a bit more than, I mean, well, other other bands did too. Uh, but – um there's so many good songs from from Stone Temple Palace. I remember we went and I went and saw them together. Yeah. Um in Prim, maybe. Yep. Uh and and they're just that kind of band that they started playing their songs and I was like, oh man, fuck, I love this song. The next <laughs> one, Holy crap, I love this song. Like and they, their whole set was like, I recognized every single one of them. Yeah. They were just some songs that you just you realize. They they had way more good stuff than people realize. Um, Scott Weiland was, was intensely missed mm-hmm. in the music industry, in my opinion. And um, if, if people don't, you know, if they love like the grunge style or if they say, oh yeah, I love me some Nirvana, I love me some whatever, and you don't listen to Stone Temple Pilots, get off your keister and go <laughs> check them out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, number two. Number two. Um, all I'm going to say is, my number two is probably the reason you pushed the year back to 2005. And so you can decide if you want to talk about it now, if it's your number two or if, if it's your number one.
0: If it is the same song, it is also my number two.
1: Okay. Well, for me, that is the Hootie and the Blowfish Use Me song. That's exactly it. Yeah, I Okay, dude, this song is so good. I play it on repeat sometimes where I just keep playing it over yeah. and over again.
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, their version of the 1972 Bill Weathers song Use Me. They recorded kind of a it's kind of it sounds like a pseudo live version, uh, with mm-hmm. Edwin McCain doing back yeah. vocals. I actually remember where. Um, And I'll
1: be your crying (laughs) shoulder. I'll be love suicide. So I actually remember
0: um, introducing you to this song.
1: Yes, you did. And
0: someone else introduced this song to me. Uh, Someone who I, um, back in my online gaming days, someone uh, introduced uh, Christy and I to this song. And then I had it, and I played it for you. And I remember specifically playing it for you because, one, I knew you were a Hootie and the Blowfish fan. Uh, mm-hmm. But, two, I knew you were going to dig it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think – weren't we painting my son's room at the time?
1: Oh, probably. I then. think if we it, I think you were was over. That, yeah. We were painting my son's room. I, I spilled yet to be a whole blown. big old fucking thing of yellow paint <laughs> in the middle of that room. <laughs> Which was
0: still there when we moved because we didn't clean it up. I put a rug over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we moved, I don't know what they did to – to, to mm-hmm. deal with that so that was on them not me <laughs> uh, but if you got if, if you've never heard this and chances are you probably haven't you've got to go listen to the whole thing the, to me what makes this song is the vocal harmonies between Darius Rucker and Edward McCain um, especially when they get to the part where they're sh- kind of screaming out some of the lyrics yeah. they're, 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 their harmonies are close enough to cause a little bit of dissonance between them and that really gives it personality
1: yeah. For me, what really makes this song is that fucking sax. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, the the funk on this song is cranked up to 11. Yeah. And the sax adds so much to that. It's just, I mean, man, the intense. I, I cannot not, like, bob my head. When I'm listening to this song. I, and not just by, I'm just like, I feel like it takes over my whole body. I'm like, Oh, I'm just, I'm moving along with it. Yeah. Ed, Edwin McCain and both Edwin McCain. You're right. When they're like kind of screaming at each other, like it is intense and, and you just feel it Yeah. and you feel the sacks down your fucking spine <laughs> and all the funk is going on, man. And you know, people I think may not realize how, how much soul Edwin McCain and Darius Rucker have, but yeah. this song, man, Oh, it's so good. It is. So good. Yeah. So good. And it, they, they put it on their album called uh, Scattered, Smothered Covered, <laughs> which is a reference to Waffle House, which I fucking love Waffle House.
0: Oh, I do too. God, I miss Waffle it, House so much because we don't have Waffle went, House here.
1: I went there for my birthday. It was just yesterday. It was awesome. In I, fact, the very first restaurant when we moved to Georgia, when we just came, you know, we kind of went all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. When we got to LaGrange, where I'm living now, it was Easter Sunday. And we were like, well, what what should we eat? You know, we we are we're, we're staying at a hotel for the first like mm-hmm. uh, week and a half until we found an apartment, and we were like, Well, "What do you want to eat for Easter Sunday?" And I'm like, "Fuck it, Waffle House!" And so the second we got into Georgia or got into this area, we went to Waffle House, and it was glorious.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think like last year when we met uh, up with you guys in Savannah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Christy made me stop at Waffle House at one point. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. I, so it's either good. that or there is a Waffle House in Arizona, and I remember one time we we stayed at a hotel because we went down there for something, and it was the Waffle House was the restaurant next door, and I, nice. like every <laughs> other meal we had was that Waffle House. I do Valid. Like, I do miss me some Waffle House. That's good shit. All right. Uh, how about some honorable mentions? I am not exactly sure what your number one is. I don't think it's been mentioned already, and I don't think yeah. you're going to name my number one. And I will be—I'll su- probably be surprised if it's if it even made your yeah. like list at and all.
1: I'm gonna be surprised if you name mine. I don't think uh, I'll be surprised if yeah. So I, I feel I feel okay us doing doing these honorable mentions first. Okay.
0: Um, I'll throw out a couple. Um, uh, ones that I had kind of in my like 11, 12, and 13 spot um, I mean Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You it's iconic yeah, that,
1: yep I had that too
0: um, The Fugees Killing Me Softly
1: I had that one too yeah it was actually I, really good that was, I didn't really realize that was a uh, a cover yeah until I kind of was doing some research and then I saw I was like oh man that's that's a wonderful song yeah
0: um, and the other one which is uh, which actually when you were talking about I think when you were talking about Lady Kravitz I thought you might have been going in this direction um, but it it was not. But uh, Eric Clapton's version of uh the song Cocaine,
1: oh is yeah, a great yeah. classic rock song. It is. Um, and then the other two that I want to add in, uh, this very large Hawaiian guy named Iz oh, Is yeah. real, I can't remember. He does a a beautiful version of Over the Rainbow with just like his ukulele and mm-hmm. just him. Um, it, Ted kind of even did a version on Scrubs. Yep. Uh, but like the Is version is 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 beautiful. Yeah. Uh and then I want to throw in uh, uh both one of our favorite like 80s songs uh Club I always say Club Nuevo, but it's Club Nuvo. Nuvo. Yeah. Club Nuvo's Lean on Me is a fun version. Yeah.
0: All right, number one's. There's no way we have the same number one. I just I just yeah. know it. Okay. So what is your number one, sir?
1: Um my number one is well, it's a he's a blues artist, but he's a blues rock artist. Uh, but the original was done from a more of like classic rock blues artist who obviously heavily influenced him. Um, my number one is Stevie Ray Vaughn's version of Little Wing. When I'm sad She comes to me With a thousand smiles
0: Okay, see, that didn't make my list because I considered
1: it blues when we talked. So I, I purposely didn't okay. put it on my list. See, I, I didn't really consider it because it's not like because I could I could pinpoint exactly where the original came from. Yeah. and it's not like one of those kind of classic blues where everybody plays everybody's songs. It's more of Stevie or um, Jimi Hendrix put it out, and then Stevie made it his own, in my and,
0: opinion. And I did struggle with that, and ultimately I decided not to include his stuff on my list. If I okay. had, that song would have been high on my list. It is, okay. It is to me, a more iconic version
1: than Jimmy's. Yes. Um, and, and, and Stevie doesn't even sing on it. No. I mean, the original... So yeah, the original has lyrics like mostly all throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. It's two minutes twenty five seconds. Stevie Ray Vaughan takes his guitar and turns this cover into six minutes and forty eight seconds of just mind blowing guitar perfection. Mm-hmm. And the I would say he s- talks with that guitar so fucking with the emotion, the passion, the the depth, the beauty in. Steve Ray Vaughan in his version, it's it's man, it like it hits me in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I just adore. This is probably my favorite Steve Ray Vaughan song. Yeah, um, he recorded it back in 1984, and it was released on the Sky Is Crying album that came out in 1991. Um, but yeah, I love that that he Steve Ray Vaughan doesn't sing at all. He just lets the guitar do everything. And holy shit, like I, I'm just I feel like I'm taking on I, I'm taking on a ride. Yeah. with that song. So. so,
0: Adam, you may or may not remember, uh, I said when we talked about the album, The Sky is Crying, um, My for my senior English project, I did a biography on Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. And that particular song was done in one take. Ugh. And it was the only reason it ended when it did was because the engineer was running out of tape and had to signal <laughs> to the band to <laughs> close it out. And it's wow. it sounds like he was doing it sort of like as a as a warm up or something mm. like he's like hey let's just play the song or like maybe it was something they just jammed to mm. and he he said well I want to record it so they kind of recorded it and they had to they had to stop it earlier than he probably would have which it was wow. even after 6 minutes yeah. and it's it's amazing to me how much emotion he puts yeah. forth through the guitar for a 6 minute song that I could totally listen to the entire way through all day long.
1: Yeah. It it is definitely one of those songs where I listen to it and I want to have like good noise canceling headphones on or something and I just I just want to lay down or something and close my eyes and be absorbed by it because mm-hmm. it's um it's got it's got exactly all the emotion.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, my number one, uh, my prediction is 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 you're probably not a f- fan of this one. I don't know if you've I've never heard you talk about this band, so I don't know if uh, if you've ever been a big fan. I am a huge fan of this band, um, which is probably why this song ended up making my number one because I. You know, if I if I had to pick one song of theirs to do, it's this one. And it wasn't until like, I don't know, probably about half a decade or a decade ago that I found out it was actually a cover. In fact, I found out that the entire album that they released with this song on it was an album of covers that Mm. they just released. It's a it's kind of an unlikely song. Like when you hear the original, you're like, oh really, that's what they decided to do. But I go back to this song all the time and I love it. And it's the band is Rage Against the Machine, and the song Renegades of Funk.
1: like rage um i'm definitely a fan i love a lot of their stuff i didn't know that that was a cover originally done by africa bombada and
0: soul sonic force back in 1983 it's originally an 80s rap song and they took it and kind of made it into their sort of style because it definitely doesn't sound like the original They, they you know they've got the lyrics and they've got the general form of the song but they definitely put their rage spin on it and it's Quite possibly one of my favorite uh, rage songs to listen to okay. of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah, they've got so many good songs. I, I, I probably I don't even know. Maybe it would make a top ten for me, but it'd be lower on the top ten list. Um, right. I like a lot of their other like I guess I guess more mainstreamish version songs, mm-hmm. but but it's a good one. Yeah, it's still it is still solid. Yeah, it, it, it kind of just surprises me. Um, what was the album? Do you remember that that was okay. all covers?
0: Um. So now you're going to make me look it up.
1: Sorry. <laughs> but now I, I want to go and find that and be like, okay, I want to check out more of their covers.
0: Uh, it was called Renegades.
1: Oh, okay. I think it was
0: the last mm-hmm. studio album that they put out yeah, back in 2000.
1: Covers. Okay.
0: Interesting. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was all it was all covers. All
1: right. We'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah, they, they do. Uh Oh, famously, I, I knew they did a version of Bruce Springsteen, The Ghost of Tom Joad.
1: Oh yeah, that's, that's that came from song. this
0: one. Um, okay, looks like they do. They did kick out of the kick out the jams, which the President okay. of the United States also did a cover of.
1: And I love the President's version. Yeah. I, I'm curious curious to hear how I would like uh, the Rage Against the Machine version.
0: So yeah, they do a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff. That okay, one. but cool. That Renegades of Funk was just one of my favorite ones. Yeah. All right. Valid. Uh. All right. And that brings us to the end of our top 10 cover songs before 2005. Please join us next time as we're joined by patron Stephen Wilhelm for an episode he picked where we break down the 2003 movie Old School, talk about the 2000s TV series The Office, and recast The Office using actors of today.